Welcome to Voices of Learning Diversity. Hello and welcome. Today is the 29th of January 2021 and my name is Iona and I am recording with my fellow podcasters Roz and Sukraj. Um, we are presenting our first ever podcast uh, about the issues around learning disabilities and diversities and basically just trying to get the message out about our lives and experiences. Uh, hi, ladies. Hey. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, so first, I thought we could go around and introduce ourselves. Um, I'll I'll say I'm Iona. Um, I'm just supporting you guys making this podcast, but I'm also going to join in in the conversations every now and again. Um, let's start with Roz. Roz, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Well, my name's Ros Weinberg, 51. I hold many hats, but the biggest one that I hold is being part of the Museum of London project with Kate. And also, I'm on the Learning Disability Partnership Board for Reverage. My name is Sukraj Madan, and I'm 24 years old. I do Bubble Club with Iona and Hugo and um, I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic. Okay, let's do the panto. So, how it came about is that I got asked to have a telephone conversation with another person called Andy from the Rick Centre and Kate and my key worker, Sue, who is working over at, um, another day centre and the deal is that we've got some funding and they needed uh, basically to do something. I was sitting in a telephone conversation having the most bizarrest of thoughts and I then said so why don't we do a pantomime? So at some stage the pantomime is actually called Cinders in Zoomland and it will be coming, it will be part of the Stay Connect um, which is led by the Rick Centre, which is the University of East London near the uh, City Airport. Rod, Roz, do you want, can you tell everyone about how it's a very unique pantomime because it happened during lockdown? Oh yes, it's a very unique kind of um, pantomime because it is actually set around Covid and lockdown. I did actually say we needed to have a bit of humour about uh, COVID and uh, lockdown, but there we have it. And Ros, how did you manage to get people involved? Because you've got lots of different characters um, and they're people you know from they're Redbridge. People that I know from Redbridge, we've got three centres, Woodbine, Elderbridge and Link Place, which are now the three main day services in Redbridge. But they're um, closed, aren't they, at the moment? Well, no, they're all open. Are they? Okay. So, but you, you were um, recruiting your, everyone by um, Zoom and things like that, weren't you? We were by Zoom. And the latest is that we now have to wait for people so that we can do a dress rehearsal and get people into their characters so that we can sort out what else is going to happen. And how did you choose who were going to play each character? Because you were very definite about that. I had people in mind for each character. Can you um, mention some of the characters 
So who was the ugly sisters? The ugly sisters, or should I say, as you were questioning it, be known, the ugly but good-looking sister is going to be somebody called Vincent, who's the uh, manager to Woodbine Locality Base. What makes him a good, ugly sister? What's his character like? Well, he likes to dress up. Basically going to be the ugly sister, but he's, we're questioning it would be the ugly, good-looking sister. <laughs> Ross, can you tell us a little bit about um, when um, we're not in lockdown, what's your role? I would normally be on the front desk or reception, but because of everything, that is not going to happen. So with the run-up to Christmas, before I was told that I couldn't go back because of what my sister and my mum think it's not safe at the minute. So I, we do computers. We've got also another project where we've been doing, uh, doing our bags, uh, snack bags for the homeless in Redbridge. Can you tell us a bit more about that? We have a member of staff who goes out and delivers snack bags. We do up a bag, a carrier bag with snacks, drinks, soap, snacks, water, and all that sort of stuff. And who gets those bags? All we know is that they're homeless people. Ah, oh, that's really important. Okay. Brilliant, brilliant work. And yeah. also, I've been doing the work on the Museum of London project, which, Kate, I think I'd like you to explain. Well, shall we leave the audience in suspense? Because we're going to have an interview in a minute, aren't we? Where you're going, you and Sukharaj are going to ask me questions. Okay. So we'll, we'll save the bit up about Purple Stars. And shall we find out from Sukharaj all about her and what she's been up to? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, do, I do Bubble Club with Iona and Hugo and um, we do a lot of activities and really enjoy it. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm, I really love it and they're very nice people in there. That's great. How would you describe oh, Bubble Club? Um, it's very um, fun, edgy, like um, what's called active and you do a lot of art and crafts and we talk a lot. We dance and yeah, if it wasn't the lockdown, we could go to the party outside, have a party and we prepared that a lot for that in the bubble club um, thing, event. And do you do any other jobs? Um, aside from helping and volunteering with us at Bubble Club? Um, I do an Oxfam job, and but with the um, lockdown, it's a bit hard right now. And um, I do a online classes for my English and maths. And I, yeah, that's it. But yeah, I find things to do. I do yoga at home for, because of the lockdown, you can't go out. And also I, yeah, and I listen to podcasts, um, Indian podcast, lady, like South Asian woman podcast. Um, yeah, it's very interesting and how South Asian women, they don't, some of them, mum and dad are strict 
how they dress, how they look, um, and they don't um, express that for um, their parents don't understand. But luckily, my parents are more, they understand that, but still have the strictness of the Indian way, but not that too much in my family culture. Um, some women, they, yeah, they can't, they think, oh, a period is a very bad thing. Sorry, I'm talking about it out. Okay, sorry. I was just going to ask Roz, um, have you ever had anybody telling you, you can't wear this or you can wear that or anything like that? I used to, my mum used to have a problem with the kind of t-shirts I would wear that had very rude. Oh yes, my mother, period. My mother permanently has, has issues with my, with the way that I dress. Mm. She forgets that I want to dress how I feel comfortable. Like yeah. she told me today with my black comfortable lamb suit on, she'd say, no, that's not acceptable. You can't wear that. But luckily I wasn't like that. Other women were like that. They talk about, um, oh, it's bad to be oh, gay or something. Sorry, I don't want to too offended to other people like that. But that's how it is. People, South Asian women, they think, oh, 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 you're in the family. Oh, you do have this thing. You And I didn't really have it. I okay fine. Oh, don't go out of boys, but like, but but they weren't that strict. But anyway, Rose, were you had the problem with that in your culture? But I'm different to you. But well, for me, I was brought up in the seventies when people with a learning disability were just thrown, yeah, passed away and sent to different places. So I spent the best part of my youth in my in my boarding school up in Hertfordshire. Yeah it's very different that time and also um, my mum's brother she he got diagnosed of dyslexia at 19 because they think he was very um, lazy and stuff in school but I luckily I found out very early and um, my parents found out and they understand and um, I was four years old when they said, oh, you're eating the children or biting because you didn't, I think had sensory issues. They didn't know I was dyslexic or dyspraxic that time. But when I went to a primary school that wasn't dyslexic or dyspraxic, I, I, they found out I was a bit behind the maths, homework. So, so I went to a, another school, then another um, primary school, and the dominie that was far I and mean, my parents had to take me there and then i went to a secondary school um, well for me my mum and dad they tried to bring me up as normal as possible yeah because they didn't realize because no, the word learning disability was never heard it was no exactly this is what happened to my uncle my mum's brother they didn't know he got diagnosed at 19. why my mother has this great privilege of going around telling people oh, my mum says this word oh you've got to help me my daughter my daughter's got special needs and i'll be standing there giving them a filthy look 
because my mother doesn't understand that it's learning disability. It is not special needs anymore. And um, are you you're happy with that? That um, how long out of interest, Ros? How long were you in the boarding school for? Up until what age? Well, when I was nine until I was seventeen. Then I was at college called Redbridge Technical College, which is in uh, Chadwell Heath. <clears throat> Except it's not called that anymore. It's called Newbridge or something of the, or something like that. So that was. What what was the experience like at college, Ros? Uh, it was different because there were a lot of people like me at college. Where when I was away at school, there was nobody like me. So you felt more understood in terms of being able to. Last when I was at school, I. Was the only Jewish person there. <laughs> Lots of different reasons for feeling on the outside of. Mm, yeah. Very hard. And what about after you left college? What happened then? I did numerous work placements. I did. There's, there was a shop in Ilford called Surnays. Oh, yeah. It's now called Wilkinson's. I did 18 months there with a view to getting a work placement and I got nothing. Because nobody, well, nobody considered employing a person with a learning disability. Is that something that you found uh, in your life, uh, like challenges, getting getting work and stuff? And how did you find your yes your desk work? Well, I loved doing my desk job because it meant that I was that I got to see people and that I could communicate with other people as well. Sorry, there's a really noisy noise coming from here. You can I'm see laughing at your cat. How are you? He's come and sat. He's come to join in. And can you see in the background there? Oh, I don't know if you can. There's a boat going past. Very noisy. Oh, wow. I'm going to ask the question from the public, which is from uh, Joe from London. Um, and the question is, what are things that people assume about you? So whether or not, um, what, are, what are the things that people assume about you that may or may not be true? What are the things you hear? Do you see what I mean? So for me, uh, I think people always for assume me, I'm veg vegetarian. <laughs> really? Do do you eat? Um, Iona, do you eat, eat um, meat um, vegetarian only, or just both? I am an omnivore. I eat all of the things. Um, I don't eat that loads of meat recently, but. If I could guilt-free eat meat all the time, I would. But I think I just look like a vegetarian. So, um, Ros, you were going to say, um, what was? Have you had people assume things about you? People would assume because I'm Jewish that I don't eat pork, bacon, sausages, ham, but I eat everything. That's great. And Sukraj, how about you? Have you had people assume things so about you? People, 
Um, I, I eat meat. We have meat. We allow meat in our culture. Um, but we don't eat much now. We, but we eat chicken and pork and uh, mostly vegetarian. My mom's vegetarian, but he eats fish. It's no, not a religious thing. She wasn't vegetarian, but um, yes. And we don't eat beef. That's our culture. We can't eat beef. Uh, my grandparents never had beef in the house. I never had beef in the house. I some I can have beef. I can have an option, but um, I will never eat beef. If it's a good collard beef, like in a good restaurant or something, I know I will eat it. If I eat McDonald's beef, I will never eat it and never eat steak. So yes, I eat meat, but I don't eat beef. We don't have it in the house. All right. Uh, and Kate, uh, maybe this is a good time to introduce Kate formally because we haven't properly. Um, Kate, do you want to introduce yourself and say how, um, what you're up to and a little bit about you? Okay. Um, my name's Kate Allen. I'm an artist and a lecturer. Um, and I run a group called Purple Stars. And Purple Stars um, are a group of people with and without learning disabilities. And our aim is to make museums and galleries more inclusive and accessible. And um, I'm very interested in um, working collaboratively. So I, I like to work in teams of people and every person in the team all brings their own expertise to anything that we do. So each of us has real knowledge about the life experiences that we have, uh, um, about it might be something to do with um, their experiences of visiting galleries and how they like to um, be treated in um, situations where they're looking for employment, or it might be something to do with the fact they know a lot about creating um, and using digital technology to help people become more independent and um, I'm very interested in how we use all our senses rather than just looking to appreciate things like history and um, that's something that my um, practice as a sculptor um, has explored so rather than just looking at an object I'm interested in being able to touch it and smell it or um, uh, you know, having certain sounds that might make you look at an object differently. So that's me, really. And I'm a vegetarian, nearly vegan. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, that's good. At least we've got one. <laughs> yes. I've, I've been veggie since the 80s, when it was really hard to be. <laughs> oh, well done. My mum was, veg uh, was vegetarian when she was 16. She was just... Yeah. Ate. She didn't eat fish then. She was my mom. My dad said, "Oh, which when they went to America, um, and said, oh, can you eat fish?' And because there was nothing there, like there's mostly meat and just some vegetarian." And um, I think she started to do that then. And I don't know, but yeah, it's really yeah, it's been over the years. It's been for me. It's been really intriguing to see how what you know when I first started. Being a vegetarian, it seemed 
really odd and people used to question you every time at mealtimes and ask why are you a vegetarian you know and all that and now it's the other way around almost where everyone's taking up the idea of being vegetarian because they're trying to save the planet and it's it's less unusual and there's lots more alternatives of things to eat now so it's it's gradually becoming more mainstream that's it I've, I've restricted myself to eating meat uh only on the weekend so i'll have a fry up or something like that um but yeah in the weekdays i eat the you know i had a lovely uh vegetable kiev the other day it was delicious yeah. loving the vegetarian replacement um, i think if everyone just ate a few more days less it it would have a huge impact on um the production of mm. meat products and that has a huge impact on um the yeah. way we farm so and we can help the planet i just don't eat we don't eat much meat in the house my dad doesn't like to eat much meat in the house just to pro um, because of the like where is it from but we bring our meat from we get our meat from marks and spencers anyway so the good quality if i i don't eat anything from very fast food meat i don't trust it i never was trusted um yeah that i we can eat meat in our culture i we're not that strict indeed some people are just vegetarian uh, my mum parents were just veg started was vegetarian they didn't eat any meat um but my, my dad's side he's they didn't really eat me actually on my dad's side a long time ago but I just thought I'd circle back because Kate did just in introduce herself um, and you were talking about really interesting uh, things about how we experience art galleries and museums uh, not just with our eyes um, but with uh, you know our ears our noses everything um, Roz, tell us, um, do you have any questions yes. for Kate or do you want to tell us your experience of working with, with Kate? Well, my experience has been amazing because basically I'd normally have a support worker, but my support worker is based over at a different day centre. So as Kate already knows, when I'm working with Kate, I'm flying solo no support and i think i have to say it's been a pleasure and a joy i'm really glad to hear that ros well it's been great working with you too as you've we as you say we've been doing some work with the museum of london yeah and we've been invited to listen to their archive oh, it's a huge yeah. archive isn't it yeah over five thousand recordings are kept in the uh, museum of london or history archives and Purple Stars have been invited to listen to some of the archive. Um, we, were, we were given a great list, weren't we, of um, yeah. you know, hundreds of recordings, which um, the Purple Stars have chosen some different themes that interest them. Ros, do you want to introduce some of the ideas that we, um, the themes that we have on the wiki? Well, we've got a section around transport, uh, Black Lives Matter, entertainment attire and women of london which is my section which for me has been 
probably say anonymous and the privilege because of how I got asked to be involved in the project. Kate? I have a, I have a question for you, Roz. Um, so have you heard these, these recordings yeah. yet? Oh, yes, we've been listening to some of them and we've been doing a little bit of goggle box. We've been doing, which has been amazing. Brilliant. Um, and do Ross, you have any? Can you just explain the idea of it? Okay. Has anybody ever seen the television goggle box? Yeah. On Channel 4? It's like that. We listen to the recordings uh, and we uh, talk afterwards. And because so we're doing it during lockdown. We can't meet, so we are online. And so as we're listening, we're recording ourselves, responding yeah. to the recordings that we're hearing. And then um, we have a chat about yeah. it afterwards as, as well. To, as I've said to Kate on numerous... God help all of us when we all get to, to, to actually meet one another in person. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> oh, I've got another question. Um, what? So, are there any recordings that have caused uh, a really big response from the group? Oh, I'll let you answer it, Kate. Well, I think um, we definitely enjoyed hearing Lee's section about entertainment when we were listening to ones about um, the cinema, and you went yeah. off. Do you remember you had to dash off? <laughs> oh yeah. Because I've got this large pot of popcorn, but it's the sort of bucket that you would get in a cinema. We, and we were listening to a recording from somebody reminiscing about going to the cinema yeah. in the sort of 50s or something like that, I think. Yeah. And she got given a big bar of chocolate and we were just describing about all the different snacks that we enjoy when we go to the cinema, weren't we? Yeah. And also Not thinking about the sensory experiences. Yeah. So do you remember, Ros, you, uh, your descriptions of popcorn eating in the cinema? Oh, yeah. That you'd be sitting there eating it loudly and people would be telling you to shut up or shush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, oh, and you used we to also had a... We used to sit in the back and throw the popcorn at people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had quite a few stories of misbehaving in cinemas, didn't we? I think, I think there was. You misbehaved, you got thrown out. <laughs> we listened to a recording of um, somebody who was, at an, I think, an Indian um, filming uh, cinema experience, and uh, this lady talked about her husband who used to um, keep commenting all, all the time during the film. And so this poor woman was, was very embarrassed by her husband because he kept commenting on the films all the time. And uh, I, oh, that gosh. caused quite a bit of um, amusement. Yes. People chatting yeah. in the cinema. We've definitely been to some theatre trips with Bubble Club. Uh, and uh, we've, we've, we've enjoyed, I've actually really enjoyed our group's kind of commentary on what we're watching. But, um, it often ends up that if we're in the theatre, the actors start talking, responding and having a conversation with us. <laughs> and uh, 
Sukhras, have you ever been kicked out of a cinema? No, just a lot of noise. You know, people get walk around. I don't like it. it gets no, no. Luckily, I never had <laughs> someone. Have, have you ever been in the cinema where someone's really misbehaving? Yeah, um, not really misbehaved, but they're just shouting and um, not shouting like talk like people walk around past you and mm-hmm. and um, sometimes people chat chats a lot but no not really no i i once went to the cinema um with my friend and um we i think we'd had a, a couple of drinks beforehand and uh, we were going to see a very serious film and um we arrived late and everyone was watching it already and we had to go and then go through a big row of seats, you know, like that really holding a big yeah. popcorn. And I dropped my popcorn and they landed on this lady's head and she had a very big permy sort of hair and they all sat on top of her head. And uh, we were laughing during, it was very, uh, it was funny at the time. You know, when you're not supposed to laugh, that's when you really want to laugh. Yeah. It's that kind of moment. Not good. But as I said to Kate, <laughs> I'm at the age I remember you could get into the cinema on a Saturday morning for one pound maybe and it was all Saturday morning cinema was a big deal wasn't it <laughs>